We think women need to talk more openly about money because money really matters. It shouldn't be embarrassing or confusing. Join the conversation. We'll be discussing a whole range of topics which will help you get comfortable with your finances. Money Matters, brought to you by AJ Bell. Hello and welcome to a special New Year edition of the Money Matters podcast. I'm Laura Suter. And I'm Danny Hewson. And we thought we'd make the most of the fresh start, the new year, because uh, it can mentally help us sort out some really important things, particularly our finances. So we're going to share some top tips that we use and some of the things which we are constantly asked to share. Um, some of them might be really obvious, but we hope that they will at least be a bit helpful. And because your goals are different at different stages of your life or different ages, so you might be thinking about saving for a rainy day fund or putting some money away for a wedding or preparing to have kids or even saving for your retirement. So we thought we'd get a good spread of ages. So to bring some youth to the table, we have Jenny Owen, who works behind the scenes on Money Matters at AJ Bell here. Um, I'm going to give you a warning, even though she brings youth, she is very put together for her age. Oh, what an intro, thank you. <laughs> So this is going to be a shorter episode than normal and even though our podcasts are very female focused, we hope that this particular episode will bring something for everybody. Um, and I'm going to kick off with a really simple tip and that is just to look at what you've got going out. And I tend to do this every January just because I have a, a lot of subscriptions renewing and suddenly I find that... I've got an email coming in about a subscription that I had no idea that I had. I hadn't used it. Maybe I'd signed up to that three month free. So it's prompted me to make a list of everything that I have going out of my bank account, have it all written down and then figure out when those things renew. So that just then helps me make decisions about whether or not I am going to keep all my different streaming services or whether I'm going to get rid of some of them. And I have saved a huge amount of money that way. And last year I found I'd set up a website and couldn't really get to grips with it, decided I didn't need it. So I'd only used it for a month or so. And I had this 90 pound fee coming out of my account, which I wasn't expecting. And I did actually contact the website provider and they did refund me the money. But it's a really useful way just to go through and say, right, well, I've got three different streaming services. Do I really need to be paying that amount? And that money that I can save, what can I do with? Where can I put it? So I found that that is really quite handy. And I do know that if you're not wanting to do it yourself, and it can be quite complicated, then you can get new bank accounts like Monzo do one, where they will let you know when something's about to renew so that you can make a decision of whether you want to cancel it or not. Um, but yes, I, I have discovered that I have things like Ordnance Survey that I've started to pay for. I, I only used it once. Yeah. How about you? Any subscriptions that you think you may have to cancel, you've got to look out for? Yeah, I've been toying with Disney Plus um, as because we've already got Netflix and Amazon Prime. So Disney's one which I'm umming and ahhing about. But what I've found in the past is that when I cancel a subscription, 
I try for the first couple of months to chain, almost like set up a direct debit for the same amount to go into a savings account to see if I miss the money. Um, so that's kind of something I'm going to be keen on going through. Um, I've got this folder, you know, like a life admin folder, which is just like, oh, it's just filled with paper. So usually between Christmas and New Year, I'll go through that and see if there's anything that I need to change and I'll have a, a clear out of that as well at the same time. And I think you touched on a really good point there, Danny, is like, think about what you could use that money for. So this seems like a bit of a boring admin task and sometimes it's a bit of a hassle finding your login details. And um, But if you think, okay, I could save 90 pounds on that particular subscription, what can I spend that on? Now, obviously the personal finance geek in me would say, you can save it and put it away for the future. But it could be as simple as, that's taken me 20 minutes to sort out and I can reward myself with some new clothes in the sale or a nice night out or you know a night away and I think if you think about it like that then uh, maybe it makes it a bit more fun I don't know I don't know that Dan Coatsworth who we work with here he did something similar in January last year and put the money that he wasn't using on one of the streaming services every month he would buy shares in different companies so that's a he, whole new level of financial geekery. I like that. <laughs> but he found that in the same way that, you know, you, you take the money out of your account as part of a subscription, he was paying a subscription to buy shares in the stock market. So there's all sorts you can do with it. Yeah. And it's kind of, I think if you think of it as free money, because you would have been paying it out for something that you're maybe not using. It's also a good chance to check some of these have sneaky price increases and where you were paying a few quid for something a few years ago, it might have gone up a lot and you might think, actually, I don't use that that much. Yes, definitely. Those sneaky price increases. And the other thing is that occasionally within an app, you've added on an extra, mm -hmm. which you haven't realized, but then suddenly that just becomes an additional monthly payment that you really don't need. You can keep the core app and just get rid of it. And it is complicated sometimes to unsubscribe from these things. You have to go through your emails or sometimes you have to go through your subscription things on your Apple phone if you use Apple. Mm. So it is complicated, but it can be really worth it. But even if it's not the subscriptions thing, just knowing exactly what is going out every month is really useful. So the thing that I am going to be doing this year is continuing with my pension organising and before everyone falls asleep. It is actually quite important. Um, so a few years ago I consolidated my pensions. I'm someone, I don't know about you guys, I've had a few different jobs over the years which means you end up with a few different pension pots and a couple of years ago I decided right I'm going to put all of these in one place and I did all of it apart from one pesky one that is just so tricky to track down. Um, but with you, Jen, talking about your big admin file, this time of year is quite a good time to do things where you need to dig into the paperwork. Basically, what I need to do is find a few pieces of paper and then carry on with my hunt for where that pension's gone. Um, but it seems like something that day to day you just put off. But if you've got a bit of time over Christmas, you can hunk that out. Um, and it's a good idea just to have all your pensions in one place. We've talked about on previous podcasts before, part of boosting your pension savings being knowing what you've got in the first place and how much you've got, where it's invested. Um, and part of that is tracking down what you've actually got and putting it together. 
And I think with these things, if you break it down into smaller steps, so if I thought, okay, I'm going to overhaul all of my pension savings and consolidate everything, that feels a bit overwhelming. And let's be honest, I'm probably not going to get around <laughs> to doing it. If I say, okay, I'm going to start by finding the paperwork and working out how I transfer that pension, that can be my first step. And then maybe I say, okay, in February, I'm going to look at where that particular pension is invested, or I'm going to look at how much I've got overall and work out if I'm paying enough in. I think if you break it down into smaller chunks, it can be a little bit easier, maybe. I had some success last year um, because I changed role and joined AJ Bell. And for me, most of my pension is better staying where it is just because of the kind of scheme it was. So for some people, you might find that. Mm. But there was one bit from when I'd first started working, which I'd completely forgotten. I was only paid into it for a year. And I finally remembered who it had been with and I tracked down the pension and it had turned into £15,000, which is, you know... That's a pretty good payday for a bit of hunting around for paperwork. Exactly. I mean, it, it's like 25, 30 years old. However, I then moved that into a SIP so that I could see what happened to it. Mm. And because it was money that I'd forgotten about and because I have a pension already which I've been paying into and I knew how much that was... It's a pension that I can afford to take a bit more risk with. Mm. So I've quite enjoyed making decisions about where the money goes and thinking about ethical investing as well. I know that I've spoken to so many of my friends who have moved jobs a few times in the last five or so years and they know that there's a piece of paper in an envelope just crammed somewhere in a cupboard <laughs> and that feeling is like almost looming like I know I should and putting that off can you know it, it it's easy to put off but at the same time once you've done it with an eggnog you know it's going to be <laughs> everything's easier yes. with an eggnog in hand isn't it absolutely and um, while we're talking about savings something to remember in is you know, the tax year is just a few months away so um ices and lices are on the top of everyone's, maybe on the top of everyone's New Year's <laughs> list. Um, but remember, you can only save up to £20,000 only. You can save <laughs> up to £20,000 in an ISA um, tax-free. And if you're hoping to buy a house or a flat like me, um, then you can put a portion of that up to £4,000 into a lifetime ISA. Um, if you take money out of it, then you're going to get your government bonus taken away and then some. Um, so I know Laura's probably going to be a little bit iffy about this, but I'm because I don't have a very good cash savings cushion. Ah, no, I'm sorry. Um, so that is something that I'm really going to be working on in 2022. Um, so if you guys have got any great tips to how I can slowly build it up, I know that that ideally you're looking for two or three months worth of salary, which is, you know, quite ambitious, really. I know that's ideal, but... Uh, so I think with the thing with... So what Jen's talking about is kind of a em cash emergency pot, isn't it? It's that yeah. pot for, like, if something goes wrong, um, all the things you don't want to think about, so, like, maybe you lose your job or something breaks or whatever. Um, and I think loads of different figures are quoted around for this. I think the main thing is to look at your expenditure. So basically what you want to cover is your essentials if you had no income. So you just need to look at things like rent, your essential bills, maybe not your Disney Plus subscription, that could probably be cancelled. <laughs> um, but your essentials, and then work out 
two, three months worth of that so that you've got a little pot to tide you over. Um, and I think if you put it, that would be a slightly smaller amount than, than maybe two or three months salary. Um, and then that makes it feel a little bit more attainable. And then I think you can just work out how long you want to take to build that up. So maybe if you think you want to build it up by the end of next year, just divide that figure by 12 and see if that feels like a, a kind of affordable monthly amount to put aside. If it doesn't, then that's fine. You'll just acknowledge it'll take you a little bit longer to build up that pot. It's hard to do though, because money just disappears from my bank account, <laughs> particularly when you, I've got two teenage daughters and um, if there is a spare bit of cash, then they want it. And, you know, we get so many deliveries through our door from uh, fast fashion companies. It's unbelievable. It's really hard to do. And I had to make myself set up a standing order, mm. which goes out on payday every month. And it was the only way that I could find to actually start to amass some savings. Because if it's in my account, it's gone. I totally, I totally relate to that because I'm really good at putting money direct debits first of the month it goes straight into my ISA my lifetime ISA my pension so I've got all that sorted and then I can invest it how I want and, and figure that out so I've got these long-term saving pots but it's the cash which I just I, I have to get on top of it I can just fit that's the thing which is in the back of my brain like I need to build this nice little cushion so I'll have a look and see what's realistic what's easily doable and always make sure as well that you have a bills account so you know don't have any surprises mm. this is something i did when i was on maternity leave so i never had to think about it really before i had full salary coming in my husband had his salary we had separate accounts and suddenly my wage had gone down a lot particularly that four month mark mm. and after that i set up a bills account where at the beginning of the month when I get paid, I put the amount that I need for my bills in a separate account. My bills come out of there and then I never have to worry about that. What I've got left in my account, I can spend within reason. Yeah. <laughs> or your daughters can spend. Or my daughters can spend, <laughs> yes, yes. Because let's be honest, I mean, particularly right now, um, it was funny, I traveled um, up down on the train today and there were, a number of conversations going on around me and one of the guys was talking to his colleague and saying do you know I've just looked at my um, energy bill my electricity costs have gone up by 300 pounds mm. and that is something which is happening to a lot of us and normally as part of my new year refresh I do take a look at where my energy supplier is whether or not I've got a fixed deal when that's going to expire and then start shopping around to figure out where to put it at the moment it's just not an option so I am trying instead to cut back on the amount of electricity and gas that I use so I've turned the thermostat down a bit lots of shouts mom is cold <laughs> and i've also um done the thing where do you leave your phone on charge all the time um at night and i know that's naughty well i tend to because we've got so many different phones and laptops and tablets between us that something always seems to be charging and it can be charging and it's full but it's still charging so i have committed to trying to make sure that i unplug these things, or at least switch them off at the main so that I'm not using energy that I don't need to. And another bugbear of mine, and I'm going to admit something here, I always 
over the years have spoken about the fact that you should never let your car insurance auto renew. God, this is like becoming like a personal finance confessions. You're wounding me all. You let it auto renew, didn't you? <laughs> I did let it auto renew. Oh, guys, this is a safe space. A safe space. But it's easy to let something slip. And that is the one thing that I let slip last year. So when I, I make these uh, photo calendars every year, would you believe on the photo calendar, I've actually filled in one of the boxes and it's been printed out by the photo calendar people and it says car insurance, so I don't forget. That's good dedication to remembering, I like that. You've redeemed it there, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I think with all of those things, I mean, the, the energy bills thing is something that every household is gonna be facing because before the advice was just so easy, it was just switch around and you'll get a better deal, but those better deals don't exist. Um, we've got the energy price cap is gonna go up again in April. It'll be announced in February what, what it's going to go up by, but people need to be prepared for those higher bills again. And so I think where before you could switch around and maybe that was a little bit easier to save money, now you're right, Danny, it's kind of cracking down on actually how much energy you're using and maybe just adopting my parents' mentality when I was growing up, which is if you're not wearing six jumpers, you can't complain about being cold and turn the thermostat <laughs> up. I was going to say, that reminds me of like my dad being like, you must wear slippers, like guests wear slippers, we're not putting the heating on too high. Um, yeah. it, I, I rent at the moment, so although you can like change providers and stuff, things like getting certain meters installed and stuff can be really um, confusing and, and tricky to negotiate with, with your landlady. So um, I know that's, again, one of these things that's on my radar and I know that we've kind of got to have this conversation because ultimately it will benefit me and my boyfriend who are living in this house and paying the actual bills. Mm. So my top thing that I'm going to be doing this year is using cashback sites more. So I did this and I actually talked about this on our Money and Markets podcast a couple of years ago. Dan Coatesworth, the financial guru that he is, um, <laughs> told me about them and said that they were great. And they're, they're so good. They're essentially, you use them um, to when you're buying things online and you just basically, you sign up and you click through um, using a link on that website and then you just buy the item like you normally would. Um, and you just get money for nothing. You get cash back on it. It varies depending on who you're buying through. Um, but I had a look before uh, we started recording this and over the past couple of years, I've made 300 pounds on it. And that's literally money for nothing. And so I think it's now something I need to get more back into the habit of, of when you're buying something online, just think, okay, go through top cashback first and you'll get, sometimes it's even only like a pound or two pounds for something if you're buying low value items, but that's still two pounds that you wouldn't have had. So I think it's quite good. It's particularly good if you know that you're gonna be buying bigger items. So if you've got to buy new like appliances or those big purchases at any point, that's where you can really get your money back. But um, so I would advise you all to sign up, but then also remember to use it. And that's the crucial part that I keep forgetting. Yes, that's <laughs> the, my nephew was um, supposed to be going on a holiday, a school thing and he had to save up a huge amount of money. So one of the things that we did is we signed up so that we could give him money by whatever we bought, whether it was grocery shopping or anything like that. And he managed to amass quite a bit of cash, not able to go unfortunately, but he did manage to get quite a bit of cash together. Um, I do use them sometimes, I often forget. Mm, yeah. That's the thing, I feel like I need like a post-it note on my computer saying, remember to use top cash bank. But the other thing is, I don't know um, about your bank account, but the one thing I did last year is I took a look at the options that my bank account gave me. And one of the things was 
rewards for particularly spending on your um, electricity and gas bill. So whenever my electricity and gas payment goes out, I get some money and then I can have it in points or whatever, or I get cash back. And I think I've made about £400 this year just by doing that. And that is pretty good because it doesn't take that long to set up and it is just them free money that ticks away in the background. It's like reward schemes when you go to, you know, the hairdressers or something. I Worth need doing. to jump on this top cashback. I mean, I've, I've heard of it, and, but for some reason there's something which I don't trust it quite yet. Maybe I need to have a look into it a bit more. So they've been around a while. I think the caveat is that you can't always rely on the cashback. Sometimes the link doesn't track perfectly. So you shouldn't buy something, obviously, just for the cashback if there's a great offer on. Yeah. But it's worth using. And then even if one in 10 didn't work, you're still getting money back. I think I've figured out something that could help with your habits for actually using it, though. So when you have open your browser, you can kind of request in the settings that it opens another tab and it directs you straight to a website. So it might be that you go to buy something, you open up your web browser and already it's at the top and you can go, oh, I'll, you know, I'll go through that website. That's She's smart. Clever. This is why we got her on. Yeah. yeah. Done it. I've made my mark. <laughs> I might have to get you to have a look at my laptop because I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that I'm capable of doing it. So, okay, that. we can do it. Are there any other kind of good habits that you guys are, are planning to do in 2022? I know there's the classic, you know, make your lunch instead of buying out when you're at work, which is great, but at the same time, um, you know, saving money on coffee and things like that. It's, it is the little things which add up if it's weekly. So I think mine over the past few years has been when my phone comes up for renewal, questioning whether I actually need that new phone or whether I can, for a year or two, have a SIM-only contract that's much cheaper and keep hold of the phone. I'm not someone that's particularly bothered about having like the latest new tech and snazzy phone. And that actually, you can save a lot of money by doing that. My task for this year is to convince my husband that it's a good idea because he does want the latest snazzy tech. So. <laughs> I managed to stop both myself and my kids from getting new phones this year. So our phone bill has come down quite considerably. It's a big, big difference, isn't it? Yeah, a huge difference. Um, I used to do the take my lunch to work thing, but of course with so many of us working from home, that has become pretty much moot, hasn't it? Mm. And I've also found that I've been able to save on things like petrol, so some of the general savings that I would be looking to make aren't so obvious anymore. So it's got to be things in the home. So for me, it's just making sure that, you know, when I'm buying that bottle of wine, I maybe don't. <laughs> Terrible. That's, that's, we that's do not, not a tip I can advocate. We do not endorse that. <laughs> just and buy a slightly cheaper bottle, maybe. No, you swap it for a bottle of gin. Lasts longer. <laughs> Optic. Do drink responsibly. <laughs> yes. uh, before we um, leave you to your festivities, we thought we'd touch on one more thing, which is really important, because although these are brilliant tips, if you are struggling with debt, then this whole conversation might just have felt like a waste of time for you. But it doesn't mean that you can't cut back on the amount that you're spending. That's always useful. It doesn't mean as well that you can't save towards your pension because if you can start at a younger age, then that is absolutely brilliant and it shouldn't be an either or. 
Yes, absolutely. Pay off your debt if you can. Look at where that debt is. You know, can you find a cheaper place for it? Can you maybe put it into a loan where you're working off the bulk at once? Or can you find a, a, a credit card which is on a lower interest rate? Can you be paying more? One of the things I found is, because um, I always do tend to have a bit of credit card debt after Christmas, because I, I think a lot of people do. Yeah, and you use it because you want the guarantee as well, the safety guarantees. And I would, when I was saving money on my um, subscriptions, I'd think, right, I'll just put that on my credit card. But then, of course, that would come off the minimum amount so then the minimum amount was going out and it was less so I wasn't actually paying any more so you've also got to be careful when that amount goes out so it's just a matter of really keeping track and getting advice and that is the key thing there is so much help out there for people you shouldn't suffer in silence you can't let it affect your mental health talk about it get to grips with it and deal with it so there's two methods that you can do with dealing with debt. One is called debt avalanche and one is called debt snowball. And I think if you give things fun names, maybe they sound a little bit more like you can tackle them. Um, but the debt avalanche method is basically where you list out all of your debt, which can feel quite a daunting task to start with anyway. Um, and then you make all the minimum payments on them if possible. And then where you've got extra money, you target the highest interest debt first. Um, and so you're aiming to pay off that most cost debt first. The debt snowball method is where you list everything by how much debt you've got and you tackle the smallest amount first. So if you've got a smaller overdraft than you have on a credit card debt, you tackle that overdraft first. Now the financial logic says that overall you'll financially be better off if you do the avalanche method because you're tackling that really high cost debt early on. But if that means that you end up tackling a big watch of debt and it just feels like a massive mountain that you're never going to reach the top of, then um, you can switch to the snowball method because that might motivate you. If you think, okay, I've managed to pay off one credit card in however long and that's going to really motivate me to drive forward because I feel so much better yeah. now I've done that and now I'm now going to pay off the rest of my debt you've just got to kind of think about what works but making those minimum payments and working out what extra you can make and where that's best directed should be your first port of call but like you say Danny there's so much help out there helplines and charities and um, I always think Sisson's Vice is a good first port of call and they can then direct you to specific debt charities if that's helpful. And another thing that um, a lot of people that I've spoken to that have had big amounts of debt while it is brilliant to see that debt start to be paid down for them also starting a healthy habit of being able to put five or ten pounds away in a savings account as that buffer and to see it grow is also mentally quite a good thing it doesn't necessarily have to be an either or although of course you would think that if you've got a particularly high interest rate then tackling the debt is really important but sometimes just to make you feel a bit better about yourselves, to have that savings, to give yourself a reward for paying off debt, it, mentally it can be half the battle. I think, well, I've, I haven't ha had a student loan and the most debt that I've really had to deal with is credit card. So in, in a few years, hopefully when I get my first mortgage and, and buy a house, that'll be my first time dipping my toe into debt. So it's all really, really helpful for me personally. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> <laughs> starting with debt when you're a student as well, is it, 
you kind of feel, well, I've already got all of that debt. What does it matter? But certain debt is different. So a mortgage is different to a really high interest credit card debt. So do think carefully about what you're spending where and, and how you view debt, because not all debt is bad with a capital B. So that is all we've got time for in this special episode of the podcast. We'll have our normal scheduling will resume in New Year. Um, but in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram if you just search for AJ Bell Money Matters. Or you can email us with any areas that you want us to cover, thoughts that you have or questions that you have for us. We are on moneymatters at ajbell.co.uk. And thank you so much to our special guest, Jenny Owen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you have any topics that you would like us to discuss in future episodes, we'd really love to hear from you. As I say, this is very much a conversation. Our next episode, we're going to be talking about divorce. So many people have been talking to us about divorce and how it impacts on their finances. But also we'd like to get into things like, you know, if you're climbing a career ladder, how do you ask for a pay rise? If you are thinking about having a baby, you're pregnant, going off on maternity leave or you maybe you're coming back from maternity leave what things do you need to think about so as Laura says do get in touch join the conversation um, we'd love to hear from you and in the new year we're also going to be having a special webinar so keep your eyes peeled for that you can sign up to our newsletter where you'll get lots of details on that um, and thanks for joining us and where you listen to your podcast if you can review and rate us then that helps other people find us so we'll see you in the new year thank you before you go, please remember this podcast is for educational purposes and the views expressed don't necessarily reflect those of AJ Bell. The podcast isn't telling you whether certain investments are suitable or not. And don't forget that the value of investments can change and you can lose money as well as make it. It's also important to remember that tax rules apply and that the way an investment performed in the past may not be the same as how it behaves in the future. If you want help, go see a qualified financial advisor.